Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Brian Elliott is returning as a Philadelphia Flyer to back up Carter Hart. Chuck Fletcher speaks. And we have no idea what's happening with the draft. This is Orange and Backcheck, episode 52. Glad you're here. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Cornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. That's right, episode 52 of Orange and Backcheck, the second one of the offseason. The fire, excuse me, the Stanley Cup champions are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Scott, your initial reaction on what that was like for you, their second cup in 16 years. Telling you what, I'm not going to lie, I was thrilled because I nailed all my playoff predictions this year and literally was on point. And I'll tell you what, that was, I'm so happy Tampa won. I should have gambled this year. I didn't do it. The one year I actually yeah. get it all right. Uh, you know, I damn it. <laughs> Sometimes it's you just got to. Play the money with it, right? That's what I'm saying. So, but yeah, they were they were heavily goes. favored anyway. So it's not like it was super hard. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice. You get to open up the DraftKings sportsbook app, and you just open, you just throw a couple coins right on on Tampa Bay, and just to make it look even better. I'm sure the you know, the way DraftKings works, you could have easily picked the every other series, and you would have made a bunch of coin out of out of out of all of that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I regret that because that's probably never going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, with how uh, uh, I always forget the term, but the 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 luck of you, of anything is once you put money on it, then Montreal Canadiens win the cup. For all we know, yeah, and that yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, as soon as you put money down, and everything's more like oh my god, it's more at risk. I'll tell you what, yeah. I, I there was one I I did nail last year. It wasn't even hockey related. Now, so I just started playing around with an app, and I put some money down, and I talked to my buddy. I said, I don't know, man. I think Reese Hoskins is going to hit a home run tonight. And the bet was like you win like 700. It was like plus 700 odds, plus 800. Mm-hmm. It was a ridiculous amount of money if that if someone wins a uh, – uh, hits a homer. So it was Reese Hoskins, and I remember like, oh, man, they're up in St. Louis. They're, 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 it's late. It's bottom eight. They're already up by like six runs. Like nothing's going to happen now. And then all of a sudden, my buddy and I split the bet, and all of a sudden I get a text, bomb. I was like, what? And I look, I watch the TV, and I just see the ball going out of the park. I'm like, oh, my God, he hit a homer. <laughs> so we won like 700 bucks. Like it was a Phil's win plus uh, – what's it called? Um uh, Phil's win Money. plus, uh, yeah, no, plus a Reese Hoskins home run. And it was great. Oh yeah. yeah. A couple days nice later, 
Yeah, a couple of days later, we uh, we did a um, another bet. It was uh, Bryce Harper hit a home run and Phils win, and he hit a home run, but Phils lost. So we didn't win yeah. anything. That's, that's how it so always that, goes. You get the, you get yeah. the taste of the win, and you're like, yeah. oh, I can keep doing this. I'm an expert yeah. at this, and then you lose the next bet, and you're just like, oh, yeah. right. The, I'm, I don't know how to do this. I don't the, know what I'm doing. The craziest one was, and I've ever, the bet I've ever made was that on this, the game one of the Stanley Cup final last year. In twenty nine in twenty nineteen, I there was a bet of who would score the first goal, and I I almost selected Braden Shen. I'm like I don't know, I'm like I just think he was like six. I would want six hundred bucks. I didn't bet him, and mm-hmm. he scored the first goal, and I was like, you got to be kidding me! Like I, it was not long after this, it's like I that's I. And then after a while, I was like, okay, well the money that I want, I pretty much lost it all after a little while, and withdrew some of it so i'm like okay i'm done with that so i haven't really done too much gambling with that part of that stuff since so but i digress yeah but so let's get into this uh we had chuck fletcher speak this week general manager of the philadelphia flyers um i thought he said pretty whitewashed stuff like i didn't get anything too much out of it uh he said the same stuff we've been hearing for uh the better part of a year now i can't believe we're talking about the off season and it's october uh, when it can't, comes to Nolan Patrick, uh, he's he's feeling better. He's he's playing around uh, to some extent. It sounds like on the ice with players and and teammates. Uh, so that's a good sign. But again, I think we need to need to consistently go into this mindset of Nolan Patrick's going to be on the IR, the long term IR to start the season in some capacity. Um, and you got to play on without him. You got to basically you got to have the attitude of if he's here, great. He's a, an addition we could use and need because you expect him to be that additional twenty goal scorer that you want out of him, just similar to Claude Giroux, similar to uh, Travis Konechny. But for the time being, you kind of just got to go. He's here, but he's not here, and we hope he's here at some point, November, December, whatever it may be, when the season starts. Exactly. You got to take in consideration too. He hasn't played professional hockey in over a year, so he's going to be really mm-hmm. rusty. So I wouldn't put a lot of expectation in him. He's a restricted free agent right now. Um, well, I I hope that he gets back sooner rather than later. This team could use his help, and also at the same time that it without with or without Patrick, it's also going to be something where a lot of free agent decisions are going to be made based upon that. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Fletcher said he anticipates him playing in nineteen or twenty twenty one, but but when is exactly the problem. So yeah. okay, can we get first through the first six weeks with a guy from the minors in, in a condensed season? Maybe, but if he's going to be out for longer than that, then I really have no clue if they're going to be able to to really hold down that you know, hold down without him. We may have to bring back a guy like you know like a Derek Grant who can play all three positions, and you might have to pay him some money because he scored 15 goals last year and had 25 points. So you're 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 going to have to make some decisions based upon what his prognosis is. So hopefully they get it done. I know that they are. Um, Excuse me if you hear my child screaming in the background. He's probably not getting what he wants. That's what kids do. Um, but um, the thing is, is that with with Patrick, you're it's really going to come down to, okay, well, they need to make decisions based around that. So right now, Fletcher's plan is to re-sign the RFAs and, you know, get them all up to speed and get them locked on term because – it's going to see how much money you have left to play with, so to speak, to make trades or to also sign somebody in the in the free agent market. So, because yeah, it's I, going I, to be different this year with the flat cap. I think that's an interesting point by you with Derek Grant because we always talk about how when Ron Hexall was the GM, he would always say, "I'm not going to sell tomorrow for today." 
With the Derek Grant, it's kind of the opposite, right? You're kind of saying, do we want to shell out some coin now for today where it could affect us long-term down the line? Because you're talking about cap space. We're talking about a flat cap for the next foreseeable future in the seasons. So do you want to take the risk of signing a Derek Grant who's going to cost a decent amount? He's going to certainly be higher than uh, Brian Elliott's 1.5. He might be upwards in the three if if we're really being honest with ourselves. Um and and that's a lot, a lot of, of coin for 15 goals. That's a lot of coin. It's still two two and a half million, probably closer to two million a year for a couple of years. Yeah. It'll be the term that'd be a problem in his deal. Yeah. So do you want to take a Derek Grant into the, your future for the foreseeable future because you're so unsure about what's going to happen with Nolan Patrick, or do you, as you said, I, I I tend to always lean towards give the youth a tryout, give someone else in the minor leagues a, a shot here to see what they can do. Um, you saw that with Philip Myers, and he immediately flourished. He's a free agent uh, as well, that you're a restricted free agent, that is, uh, that you're hoping to see uh, come back next season, and I, I tend to believe he will be. Um, so do you take that chance where you let Derek Grant walk and test the free agent waters uh, despite having the unknown of, of Nolan Patrick and just bring up a young guy that you have more control of and it's a much cheaper and it's less on the cap hit? Well, it could be something like they did last year with Connor Bunneman and Carson Twarinski. They, they could do something like that again. I, yeah. I just get a little concerned because you are talking about a center here. So it's something where you need to have that versatility up the middle. Now, you have, you know, Kevin Hayes, you have Sean Couturier, you have Scott Lawton who can play your your top three line center, uh, which yep. is great. Scott Lawton has that ability where he can play the center and he can play also the wing, which is really, really a good benefit to have. Claude Giroux is also the same way. Um, but I don't know exactly. I think Nolan is one-dimensional. He can only really play center. I don't think he'd be any improvement off the wing of what he already does. Um, my concern is this, is that you're, you're we talk about all the time, is that what wins in the playoffs is – getting that bottom six to perform. And that's one of the reasons why the ultimately the Flyers didn't do well in the second round of the playoffs because their their bottom six couldn't push through when the top yep. six wasn't clicking. So with that being said, do you I, I agree you could look take a look at Connor Bunneman and you could take a look at Carson Twarinski again. Um the question is though is that is that going to be a, enough? Are they are those guys going to be enough of a piece where you're going to be able to round out your bottom six, and it's going to be an improvement over a guy over Derek Grant. I look at it this way. You didn't bring Derek Grant in here. If you didn't think it was going to be an upgrade over your award, what you already had. Exactly. Um, if, for, for me, I think that if if you're talking Bunneman and Twarinski, those are replace a guy more like um, Tyler Pitlick. As much as I know he's your favorite player in the entire world. No, you're right. You yeah. know, I love the guy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, 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 he He's not, he's probably not coming back. I mean, he had a no. really, really good season. And I think for a guy who's like him, he's not so much a dime a dozen, but um, he played the game really hard. And I really like the way he, you know, he would, he would grind it out. But I think with Grant, he also, because of that versatility, if I had to pick between the two, I would take Grant because he has that ability to play the middle and you need that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the best way to look at it is for if if and we're recording on a Sunday after uh, morning right before the Eagles play this after uh, this night tonight, like y- you think of their third and fourth lines as your second and third string D linemen to figure right. out to get them in that rotation to figure to add to get keep your fresher guys on your your Claude Giroux of the world your your Kevin Hayes on who's gonna be able to rotate in for a couple minutes, couple seconds there to really add to keep the other opposing team on their heels. That's what you're trying to look at. And to your point, 
as much as I like Tyler Pelick, and I think he came in at the end there, and he, I thought he looked pretty good uh, going back and looking at the Montreal or excuse me the the Islanders series. I thought he looked decent. I think he got uh, he got he got himself going later in the series. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's one of those guys where you kind of he's so hot and cold. You kind of have to take the risk of well, maybe we'll just let him walk, and if he's able, if he's still on the market, come late December, whenever this season starts, and if he's still there, then you can bring him back on a really, really cheap deal, team-friendly deal. You could, and I think that's going to be a part of the consideration too, is that a lot of teams, I think that from, from everything I've read into this so far, this is this is going to be an issue more or less with that teams are going to have a hard time of figuring out what they're going to do to lock up guys. Yep. When you guys have guys who are coming in young and they're 22, 23, 24, and heading into their second contract, I think that teams might be willing at this time to give up more on those guys because they're not going to be willing to give these bloated or even bridge contracts with knowing what the league is going to be like for the next three years. Players are going to have to pay back more escrow. That's going to become an issue down the line. Um, I think it's important to people to know, like, I think teams are teams really don't know how to react at this point. I don't even think they know where they want to do most of the teams' plans. That's why they're looking in house. And I think the Flyers, yeah. you know, yeah. while they're speculated to to make some upgrades, you know, you have some problems here because Travis Sanheim is a restricted free agent after the season. You've got him locked up for one more year at three point two five million. He's going to need a race. He is. You have Shane Gossespierre locked up for three more years. Even as a sixth defenseman, he couldn't crack the lineup. I don't think he's going to be back, and you have some value there because there are some teams who are going to what term on a guy if you're going to make a move. That 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 term knowing, okay, for the next three years, next three seasons, I've got this guy locked up at $4.5 million. I don't have to worry about it. That's where your value comes in now because he's on a team-friendly deal, and the Flyers have to be smart about this because you have Sam Moran, who's going to be a restricted free agent next season, even though like, unfortunately he's like what you said, he's done his way out. Yeah. He's, he's the car that you thought you needed at the time. And now you turn out to be, it's, it's a lemon. Um, and your biggest one of all after this season, Carter Hart, he is a restricted free agent next season. And I'm telling you that deal is going to be surprising to a lot of people. I think you're going to see him close to four or $5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, they're not going to bridge him. They're probably, if they're depending on what happens this season, they're going to lock him up long-term. Um, and you're, and, and they're going to factor in because Claude Drew's coming off the books the following season after, after correct. you signed Carter Hart to this contract that, as you said, I think you're right. I think it might even be higher, uh, all things considered, depending on how this shakes out, depending on how he plays next season. Um, he's going to be in that $5 million range. And it's just like, well, we're also probably getting eight and a half, no matter what it is, no matter if you sign Claude Drew. Uh, to a senior uh, level deal, whatever whatever that term is, whatever you want to phrase that as, um, mm-hmm. there's no way Chuck Fletcher is going to consider putting him back on the on the team at eight and a half million dollar con a, a cap hit or whatever it is at this point. Um, so are we seeing the twilight of Claude Giroux? Are we at the end of it? But uh, either way, it goes to the point of when you sign Carter Hart, that's going to be a daunting number at the time. But because of who's coming off the books the following season. It's a little bit less of a of a of a uh, daunting uh, hit, uh, to say the least. Well, well, here comes your other problem as well. You have some also unrestricted free agents are going to wind up happening next year. I don't think you're going to look at extending them anytime soon. But Scott Lawton's an unrestricted free agent. Michael Raffles an unrestricted free agent. Now, look, Michael Raffles has been that excuse me has been that guy on this team for a long time that he always people are like, oh, why do you have him here? I think we saw his value when he came in the playoffs last year is that when he played, the Flyers as a whole played well. And as when they when he didn't play, the Flyers didn't play well. So I think that 
he adds enough value there. 1.6 million, he's probably due a slight raise. Scott Lawton at 2.3 million because he's so versatile. I'd bump that up a million. That's going to go up more. But then you have to lose out on Matt Niskanen. Matt Niskanen yeah. is an unrestricted free agent this season. He's making 5.7 million this year. I doubt even at 34 years old, 35 years old, he's going to take that much of a pay cut. He could, but how effective is he going to be? He wasn't very effective in the in the uh, in the upcoming in, in the second round. Claude Giroux, not after this season, but after next season, him and uh, Sean Couturier are both up. So Couturier is another one you got to think of. Uh, Jake, you're stuck with him till 2025. So at that, at that bloated salary. So if you're going to expose anybody in this expansion draft, it would probably be Jake and JVR uh, yep. because JVR is yep. locked up for three more years as well. So there's some issues going on here. Um, the only one you have locked up long-term past 2025 really are, are Konechny and uh, Kevin Hayes and Provorov. Everybody else is, is not locked up. So, you're going to have to figure out exactly what you're going to have to do here. And you have to be real careful about the money you're moving in and out, and the players you're moving in and out, because you're going to have to really beef up your defense next season because Justin Braun's an unrestricted free agent right now. Do you wind up bringing him back? He, he played very well in the penalty kill. He's a good stay-at-home guy. Is there anybody, anybody else out there like that? I don't know. Probably not available in the free agent market. You'd probably have to do a trade. But a team's really going to give up reasonably priced defensemen right now considering the issues that the league is going to have cap-wise. There's a lot of questions that go into this, and it all spins into one thing, is that it comes down to, okay, what moves are they going to make to make the big trade to get them over um, over the top, getting a guy like Line A? Can you fit him in your cap plans long-term? What are you going to have to give up if that's the case? Is it smart to give up a Sandheim with a flat cap? Is it worth getting a Line A who's got one year left on his deal but how willing are the Jets to make a deal like that? So there's a lot of questions going up, which is why I give Chuck Fletcher a lot of credit. Let's focus on the RFAs now and let's see what happens when things come to market. I don't think it's going to be any kind of – you're not missing them. You're not, you're not losing out on a player like JT Real Muto. So it's at the end of the day, um, they have to make a move here, I think, to beef up their top six. The question is, is that enough? Do they have enough long-term where they can give up something like that without sacrificing too much? Yeah, and and to th- that point is what y- you you added some stability by bringing back in the guy to back up Carter Hart. Right. Signing Brian Elliott was Huge. probably on the top of the list for Chuck Fletcher in terms of getting the the restricted free agent or right. an unrestricted free agent uh, back in a Flyers uniform. Um, the fact that th- th- he's it's just one year. Then Carter Hart, uh, then co- both Carter Hart and Brian Elliott are going to be restricted free agents in their own right. Obviously, Brian Elliott's going to be unrestri- unrestricted free agent in that in this sense because he's obviously the veteran. But just the fact that you have these two, di- this tandem for this coming season, that's going to be as we say have said time and time again, abnormal. No matter what it's going to be, whether it's starting in December first, December fifteenth, January fifteenth, it doesn't matter what this. Ha- as long as you have a tan- goalie tandem that you carried into the playoffs this year together again for next year. Um, the, the Like that's the most important thing. Yes. You can talk about the blue line time and time again. Uh, more often than not, I think what players and, and we're obviously entering our second or first full season with Chuck Fletcher uh, as, the, as at the helm of the GM. So it's just like, you kind of just let him do his thing. You, you, I have more trust in, in Chuck Fletcher than any general manager at this point uh, in their tenure 
at, at the helm of the Flyers because of just how outside the box he is. He knows who, who like everyone lambasted him for the signings of Matt Niskin or the trade for Matt Niskin and the signing of Kevin Hayes or the trade for Kevin Hayes to get his rights. And then you signed him. But look how well that turned out. I yeah. get it. You can talk about the the playoff and how they came up short. But on the whole, you're not in the playoffs if it weren't for those two, I feel. No, I 100% agree. Like, Kevin Hayes, you, you, I've, I've, I've been saying this since if episode one of this podcast. You need two centers to win a Stanley Cup. You need two yep. top centers. That trend is actually going to change a bit this year with also two top things, and that's goaltending. So, yeah. look, I, we talked about it last episode. I had no reason to believe that they weren't going to bring Brian Elliott back. And I, looking at the market, there was nobody else up there who was an upgrade. Plus, it gives Carter Hart that veteran stability he needs behind him because he's still a kid. You need that veteran to help push him through things, even next year as an RFA. And I like what they've done with Elliott. I like the fact that they bring him back on one-year deals because think about it this way, too. He will be 36 years old this season. you got to think yep. the end of the road is near for Brian Elliott. Not yeah. because he's not playing well. It's because, okay, how much wear and tear does his body have left? How much wear and tear do you, can, he, can he withstand another physically uh, of an NHL season? When goalies hit about 35, 36, that's when you really start to see the drop-off in the back end. So giving him a one-year deal and knowing how well he played last year, if he's maintaining himself where he's not doing morning skates and only prepping and only playing like on game days and you know not overusing his body, you could probably stretch even another year out of him, I think. Um, yeah. but you, the, the key is now is that the league is going to start trending to two number one goalies because now you're going to see a condensed schedule. One of the rumors that's flying around in the league right now is that Devin Dubrick is going to get traded to San Jose. There's still pieces in place, but that's key because Devin Dubrick can still start in this league. He's, he's still a, a pretty good one, a starter. He's going to be right next to, to Martin Jones because the Sharks felt that goaltending was one of their downfalls last year, going from Martin Jones and, and going down to Alex Dell. But now they're going to look like they're going to have Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik, guys who could and start. And that's turning into a scenario that we're seeing because of what happened in Las Vegas. You have Mark andre Fleury and Robin yep. Leonard just re-signed with Vegas yesterday. So um, they're, you're going to start seeing a lot more of this. Uh, Pittsburgh was looking to trade Matt Murray possibly to Toronto. That, I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to be making a move like that. But now Pittsburgh feels they have two top holders, which they do. And, and Pittsburgh really was one of the – their first teams I remember when I was younger doing this because they had Tom Barrasso and Ken Reggett, guys who could both start, but Barrasso had injury issues. Matt Murray just hasn't been playing well. So you have Matt Murray, you have Tristan Jari. You're going to start seeing this thing of two starters in the league. Um, so that that's key to have a guy like Brian Elliott that you know can come in, who knows who can play big games. He wants some big games for this team this year. Love the fact that they're keeping the consistency with the chemistry between him and Carter Hart, and you have a veteran presence back at $1.5 million is a is an absolute steal for this. You could, Essentially, I would say with Brian Elliott, if you're playing a condensed schedule this season, if they're planning to play a full 82-game slate, you're looking at Brian Elliott playing about 30 to 35 games this year because you're yeah, going to need yeah. that on a condensed schedule. So you're talking about Brian Elliott pretty much playing almost half the games and that's not barring if Carter Hart gets hurt or anything along those lines. Hopefully he doesn't. But you're talking him. You're talking instead of we talked about last year, you need between like 50 and 55 starts for Carter Hart. This year you're going to need between 45 and 50. So you're going to see Brian Elliott play about 30 to 35 games, I think. And that's going to own $1.5 million deal. That's an absolute steal for goaltender. Yeah, and, and, and the other benefit would be, uh, and I don't, I, and you've looked more into this than I have, admittedly, like, 
If they start December 1st or December 2nd, whatever it may be, whatever they're planning on doing, and God knows that it could change on the drop of a hat tomorrow, like all of a sudden, whatever. Um, like I, my old, whole attention thought was the 82-game schedule would be exactly as it would if it started in October, but it would go until August again. Like this is the new season. It would be from December to August and where the Stanley Cup is awarded. So, yes, it's it's not necessarily condensed schedule because they're still going to try and fit in the bye weeks. They're still going to try and fit in um, a less back-to-back games. So, to your point of you would need a veteran presence, yes, but I still think you could squeeze in the Carter Hart to 55 to 60 games this year because of you're not – it's not a condensed schedule necessarily because of – it being December to August instead of December into July, or am I? Did I misread that? No, and, and here's here's here is the begin the problem too is that the they actually pushed back the beginning of the NHL season. It was supposed to start at the beginning of December. Now we're looking towards like the middle end of December, and I think that right. when they were talking about with the Olympics last year, that TV time would be available in like June or July and going into August. I don't. I don't think that they're going to try to wrap up by October again. I think they're going to condense the season enough where they're going to try to wrap this thing up by July, uh, wow. I, 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 June or July. I, I, don't, I don't see if they're starting two months late, they might push it back, but they're also going to condense the schedule where you'll have like four games in five nights. Like you know, like you'll have two get back to back off, and then another back to back, and then like two days off, and then a game, and then a day off, and a game. I think you'll see like an That's Olympic year type. Yeah, it is a lot, but here's the thing. Every team's going to go through it. Yeah, so yeah, if, if that's the case, that's when your depth really needs to be, you know, up top, at the top of your list, which is why I give Fletcher credit of looking at the RFAs first and getting those deals done because, you know, it, with a flat cap in the next couple of years, I, I don't think you're going to see guys signing deals in advance anymore. Um, you, I think with a guy like – I think one of the big things I read too is that like um, Braden Holpe might be an option for the Sharks as well. And the only reason I give him an example is what's going to wind up happening, but probably like on a two-year deal. So like guys like Taylor Hall, probably a one-year deal, pulling the Marion Hosa, going to a contender if he wants to do that. You'll see Braden Holpe on a short-term deal. You'll see a lot of these guys who are in free agency this year and next year going into short-term deals because they know they'll still be able to get another contract out of that. And not because of that. The teams aren't going to give out a ton of term right now. I, I, I'd be very surprised to see a team give a six, seven-year deal at a high cap number when you're not sure it's going to be like for the next two years, even if it's going to be flat. But you add an escrow, you add in what's going to happen with the cap after that, if the fans aren't fully back in the stands, or if there is a confidence there that's going to be lower hockey-related revenue, which can make that cap number go drop. So I think for the next couple of years here, uh, it's going to be curious, but I really do believe they're going to try to condense the schedule because you also take COVID into, into effect. Like, I mean, look what's going yeah. on in Washington right now. Where this is this is the beginning of the second wave, and if you don't believe it's the beginning of the second wave, wake up because it is. And yeah. now that we're seeing yeah, that right. now, we're not going back in the stands anytime soon, and it sucks. And until this whole thing gets cleared up, which might not be for possibly up to another year, if they're saying third quarter of 2020, which people can be making already available. You're talking the whole 2021 season without fans in the stands. You're telling me that's not going to have impact on the revenue for the next couple of years? Absolutely, it will. So, yeah, um, so it, it's look, a it's going to be it's going to be a cautious thing for a lot of teams. Yeah, it's so be strange. Like, right, 
because I, I know everyone talking about the Patrick Lyonies of the world, the Nylanders of the world that are the targets, I'm sure, for Chuck Fletcher and the Philadelphia Flyers to get into this. Does that create hesitation on Chuck Fletcher's part? Like, do I really want to sign a guy or trade for a guy like Patrick Line, who, as you said, has one year left on his deal. You have him for this upcoming season, but then you got to get him locked in. You got to get him extended. Do you take the risk and give him a three-year deal that's kind of a, a make a quasi-bridge deal for a guy that's 22 years old, averaging almost 40 goals a year, and then you hope in three years you're able to afford him because he's still consistently putting up those numbers of 40, 50, even maybe like 55 goals a year, and then you're just like, do I want to – do I take that risk? Because it's going to cost you probably Shane Gossespear, maybe uh, a first round – your 23rd overall pick uh, that Fletcher was – rightfully said, right now we're focusing on keeping that. But obviously that things change. If, if Patrick Line, the Jets call in and say, hey, give us Shane in a first rounder in the 2020, uh, 2021 pick – or excuse me, 2020 draft uh, coming up in a couple weeks – and Patrick Lyonet is yours. Like, that's kind of going to be one of those factors. You have to – this is a needle that general managers, not just Chuck Fletcher, are going to have to thread that hasn't been thread before in the history of the NHL. Yeah, and I know. I, I think you'll need more. I think, I think what the Jets are going to look at is they're going to want more value out of that for him because they think they know the next couple of years is going to be tough, and they're trying to not go much in a rebuild, but they need to retool quite a bit. Um just to use Line a as an example, I don't know of another premier player like that that's out there that's available. I just, I mean, but I keep seeing his name floating around, but also apparently Montreal's in the mix. The Devils are in the mix. There's some other teams in the mix who want Line a, and I don't blame them. You got a guy no. who's giving up four, scoring 40 goals a year. You want that on your team. Um, a lot of people are saying he's one dimensional. I, I think that he's young enough where you can still make more of that. And the way that Vigneault squeezes guy and things out of guys, look. This team needs a guy who could score 40 goals. You need that. You don't have that anymore. There's no premier top scorer on this team, and people have been bitching about that for the last decade. Notably, it's been true. You should have gotten a top-line left winger, but these guys don't grow on trees. No, uh, so I think fans don't realize that, is that for the fact that Winnipeg wants to give a guy like this up, it's big, but he's only got one year left on his deal, and that's part of the reason why they're looking to so, dump him because they know he's going to command a lot of money, and they don't have it to give him. So yeah. you've got to get some value for it. Now one year left on his deal before you lose him a restricted free agency, which could be even worse while you get the, the compensation of the five first-round draft picks considering his status. Um, it, you're, you're, it's still that teams aren't going to want to give that up, A, and B, you're not going to get any higher value for the team player-wise or NHL-ready than right now. So that's so, what's key about it. So let's let's play a little trade scenario here. I, I wrote I put this one out uh, uh, in my in my own notes. Okay, so here's 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 a scenario where if you say just say yes or no to this, Jets get uh, Shane Gossespierre, Philip Myers, your 2020 first round pick, and your 2021 second round pick. They wouldn't do the deal. Liner. They wouldn't do the yeah. deal. They wouldn't do the deal. That's only the back end. They need something up front. Yeah, they need something up front. Um, I got even though Ghost is a team friendly salary, I think that Ghost would be a good fit on Winnipeg because the way they use the utilize the defenseman, um, I don't think that's going to be enough. I don't. I think you need to look at look at Sandheim, not at Phil Myers. I think they want someone yeah. who's more stable, who's got a turn another year left on his deal that puts two defensemen on their back end. Then you got to put someone up front. Who's that person up front you trade for? Yeah, that's maybe JVR. You may. Or, They're not yeah, going to take seven million dollars. It's more than right. Lonnie. Too much, so that's too the problem. Much. They're taking on. They're taking on with with Ghost JVR and uh, 
Sanheim, you're talking $15 million in cap space and they don't want to resign a guy for six, seven. So, right. Um, and while that scenario, while it seems work, what I if, if if they just happen to say yes, would you do a deal? Heartbeat, absolutely. Am I giving up two defensemen? Absolutely. But I'm also getting a 40-goal scorer out of the deal. I could offset some of that, and I still have Sanheim. I still have Provorov. I still have Robert Haig. I still have Matt Niskanen. I can bring you back all- Justin Braun. You know, I could do that. That's five right there. So Look. Look, what also needs to be – you have to – for the Flyers' perspective, no matter what it costs, I think they're going to do it unless it's something absolutely like four first-round picks, like similar to a, as if they were signing him to a 10-year deal on the restricted free agent, like a five-round pick, as you said. Um, you also – Chuck Fletcher, because you do not want to be in the same scenario that the Philadelphia Phillies are in right now. Ugh. You have to go under the condition that line A – will re-sign with the Philadelphia Flyers. Without a doubt. Without you cannot, a doubt. You cannot find yourself in a JT Real Muto scenario as like the Philadelphia Phillies are because they're letting him walk. They don't want to spend the money, which is absolutely absurd, in a, in a league that all you have to do is pay a simple tax for going over the, the quasi-salary cap. It's not even a salary cap. It's just a player uh, – uh, payroll, like once you reach a certain threshold compared to the NHL, the NBA, the NFL that have salary caps to some extent, hard caps, soft cap, whatever it is, like the you have to, you cannot find yourself in that scenario. Now, thankfully, compared to Matt Clintac, the general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies at the time who just stepped down, Chuck Fletcher's not an a- analytics guy. He's a eyesight guy. He knows what he's going to be doing. He's not going to use analytics to determine signing a guy. He's going to use math and numbers and what makes sense for this team. So I have all the faith in the world that Patrick Lyonet, when he signs or is traded here, he's signing here as well. He's not going to be in a scenario where we're looking at next season, next free agency period, and we're like, holy crap, he's about to walk and we just gave up four first-round picks or whatever that number is, yeah, and I, he's leaving and he's going to the New York Rangers or someone that would break <laughs> our hearts absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's going to wind up happening. I don't think that any team is going to give up as much as they want to. If you're giving up like Sanheim and Gostaspear and you have to give up something up front, you're not taking that without a deal. Um, it's the, Right now, the issue becomes is, is, a money, is a money factor. Ghost is an easy one because he's got term left on his deal. You could flip another person in like Sandheim, but really, you know, they're getting two for one, so to deal. But for Winnipeg, they know that's not of a value for them. The Flyers, on the other hand, say, well, we're not going to give these assets up without having a long-term contract signed. So you have to give us permission to be able to talk to them and negotiate a long-term deal. It's kind of like a couple years ago with uh, Mark Stone when he got traded from Ottawa to uh, Las Vegas. When as soon as he signed, they, all of a sudden they're inking a $6 million deal for like six years. So, um that's um that's important to have that in place. JG Pajo was the same thing for uh the Islanders are signing that long term deal once he got once he got traded. Uh, it's important you're right, that's a huge part of it. The the other question comes down to is that you had to juggle money up front then. What are the Flyers gonna do? Are they gonna keep a guy like JVR or Jake when you bring in Patrick Line at that high salary? You can't have Jake, you can't have Kevin Hayes, you can't have JVR you can't have Claude Giroux and Patrick Line all make it over seven, eight million dollars. Because guess what? You're already blown half your cap on five, six players. It's not gonna make yeah. it out worse. So yep. they're especially when you well, have Carter Hart coming up on the books. Bingo. And you're talking about a bridge deal for him. His bridge deal will be three to four million. You're not gonna lock him up long term on a seven, eight year deal at three or four million dollars. If they're gonna wait it out with him, you're gonna talk about two, three year deal at three at anywhere from like three and a half to four and a half million per 
And if you go long-term, you're looking more like Konechny's deal where you feel like you're overpaying him a little bit. So um, that that's the thing. Here's my question. Here's my question. You're talking about pieces. Would you trade Gostaspierre, Sanheim, and Travis Konechny for a guy like Line? <sighs> Yeah, that's that. That's more the that's more the deal that we're talking about here. Like, if you want Patrick I, I, Line I that bad, you got to give because him connecting. To your point, because uh, to to your criticisms of what Travis Konechny was, he was very good five v five. He didn't do a lot on the power play, and Patrick Line is a guy that can play all three phases. And well, can, two phases potentially three if you get his defensive work back up. Look, but, he's, he's he's a he's a premier power play player. Yeah, that's the type. Say that three times fast. He's a premier power play player. He, he's <laughs> he, he's defensively. There's some questions there. There's also some questions of you know do things. But let's take into consideration something here. He is 20, 23 years old. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah twenty two. Yeah. Like he's he's that's like he's a baby like crying out loud yeah. like he's he's got and he's already scoring 40 goals at the national hockey league level like this is going to continue we're talking not so much ovechkin but we're talking a very similar style to alex ovechkin type player you get a good center around him like a couturier you can do some damage with it so and yeah can you imagine let's think about this for one second can you imagine claude Giroux? Sean Couturier and Patrick Line on one line. Can you oh. imagine that? Can you imagine? Well, I mean, we're talking Forsberg and Gagne here. Like, I swear, like that. That's how awesome it would be. Off the air, we're gonna have to think of a nickname, like level of of the Broadstreet Bullies, Legion of Doom. We gotta uh, think of a nickname if it, that happens. Happen for if it happens. If it happens, if it, happens. it doesn't happen. We I mean, we're, we're just we're gonna have to have a graphic ready. <laughs> Exactly. Like the only thing we could, th- if it doesn't happen, we're going to have to simulate this in NHL 21 or something along those lines. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're yeah. talking all those guys would be close to triple digits and points. Like it would be insane. Yeah. But would be I fun. mean, listen, it, it comes, it comes down to this and you can always speculate about it as much of a pipe dream as, as, as lining might be. He's going to get traded. And, and I think if the Flyers don't get him, you're going to look at the value of teams would have had to give up to, in order to get a guy like that. And then really ask yourself if it's worth it. I, you know, for, for me, just in my view, and I know it's not enough value for Winnipeg, but I'd be, you give up a guy like Ghost because of the term, even though he's not, and you'd have to give up a guy probably like Myers or Sanheim. Really, you'd have to. And then you're yep. talking a guy like Konechny because as, as much as Travis Konechny and as much as people like him in Philadelphia, you, you, any day that you throw up a guy like, hey, it's either what would you rather have in your team, Travis Konechny or Patrick Line? I'm going line all the way because he puts more points on the board. Travis yeah. Konecki does the little things and he's a leader and on the, on the team. And I get that, but there's a lot of leaders on that team and you, you need more, you need more guys to become those types of leaders. Provera, Kateria, those, those are your next guys. And if you have Kateria already locked up, you have Kevin Hayes already locked up. You add in Patrick line. You've did a semi rebuild right on your end there. And still have guys like Cam York, who another defenseman who's in the system, who was the first over uh, first round draft pick last year for them. So their depth on D is good enough where a move like this is available, you take it. And yeah. if you can, because that'll drive a spark in the fan base too. We haven't had a premier goal scorer in this team since I can't remember the last time we had a legitimate sniper besides Simone Gagne. Like I, I can't yeah. remember a guy who, like we brought in who just all this guy does is score goals and you don't want one guy to do it, but you're adding an, an already almost complete team, a guy who just all he does is score goals. I mean, you're talking, you're right up there with Tampa next season. So yeah, that's what, and that's what you're building for. You you're building for, you need a Kucherov. You need, 
Yeah. You You're building to be on the same level as Tampa. You're not trying to be on the same level as New York Islanders. You're not trying to be as, even though they were in the final, you're not trying to be on the same level as Dallas stars. Like, you are building to be the next Tampa because Tampa is yep. not going to be Tampa forever. They have a lot of guys that are getting older. They're getting free agency. Um, they have a couple things in the pipeline that'll probably keep them competitive for years to come. But on the whole, they're taking a dip in the next two or three years. So who's going to be the yeah. Eastern Conference team that take that mantle? And then the Flyers are in prime position to be those that team. Listen, Boston's going to get older. They're going to probably lose Tory Krug. They've both talked about trading Boston knows the writings on the wall that their opportunity was this year and last year. Yeah. Their, their window yeah. is closing rapidly. Tampa has a little more uh, a window than you think. They have Braden Point. They have Nikita Kucherov. They have a, they have overall their 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 top forwards. Their top twelve. Um, they're, 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 if Stamkos gets healthy, that's another upgrade for them. He's not going anywhere. Um, defensively, they have Victor Hebben has been around a long time, but still, um, you know, they, they have some, they have some pretty solid back there. Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the league. They're going to be around for a little while. Uh, I, I do think though that the Islanders are on the upswing. I'll be honest with you. If they can figure out their, their issues in goal, if, if, you know, I, I think, I think the weakness for the Islanders is their goaltending. I think defensively they're by committee, which is really good. A lot of guys are opportunistic up front. Their top six performs, their bottom six performs. They're a team you're going to have to reckon with. Yep. Let's not forget about the New Jersey Devils. They had a really bad year this year, but don't expect them to be on the back burner for long. They're going to come back, and they have enough talent on that team to cause teams issues. Florida's another team, I think, on the up and up. Carolina's another team on the up and up. Um, and most importantly, the Flyers. The Flyers are on the up and up, and I think that they're a piece or two away. If you add in a guy like Line a, you you have pretty much a team like Tampa. Just it adds more speed up front. If you can add a little more speed on your bottom six somehow, um, the Flyers are right there with with the Lightning. So I think that's an important yep. key to look at. This this team's not as far off. If you added a guy in who just all he does is score goals like they did with Nikita Kucherov and they added him, and oh my god, this guy just took off. Yep. Uh, you're you're talking your cup. You're you're automatically a contender, and really you're just a year or two away, possibly three in a tournament from just getting it done. So that that's yep. really what this team is trying to build for. Um, and I think that's really important for it. So I don't, I don't think that I'm not going to go off on a limb and say, if they get line, either one in the cup this year, I'm not going to say that it, they'll be in the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, they would be close to it. Yeah, absolutely. I would, but I would, I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't, I don't think that's a stretch. I'll, I'll make that prediction no. now. If, the, if they get line, a, they're going to the ECF. Yeah. Without it. I, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think important so. for the people to understand is that that's how much of an impact 40 goals can have on your team. Yep. We'll, you know, like as 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 our president says, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. So right. well done. Yeah. On that note, uh let's before we go, I, I want let's debut this new segment for our off season. Uh I love this. I I, I I we've always talked about off off the air about how we need to do a new mm-hmm. podcast, uh talking about our lives as husbands and and fathers and well, you're a father. I'm not a father, thankfully. Well kind I'm of. You got a dog. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. He's been good this whole time. I'll, here, I'll move the yeah. camera. He's been just yeah, laying. I see him down there. Yeah, sleeping right it blends there. in with the couch. Um, there you go. He does. Well, there's a. Fly, <laughs> it's ironically a flyer's blanket. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about uh, call this husband's roundtable. Just talk about quirky things that we've gone through throughout the week. Um, I'll start. Like I hate this time of year, specifically weather wise. I don't know about you because. What's wrong with you? Well, listen. Let me let me finish. Let me, okay. 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 I wake up at an ungodly hour. And really, I think anybody that wakes up before 7 a.m., which is most of our listeners, I feel, 
if you go outside, it's 50 degrees, 55 degrees, and you're like, this sucks. It's going to be cold today. The house, you, you haven't had the ha- heat on. You also haven't had the AC on. So you're like, whatever, I'll t- keep it off. But it causes your house to dip to like 57 degrees, mm-hmm. 58 degrees. That's ungodly. That's ridiculous. So what I do, especially because later in the day, it obviously gets warmer. It gets up to 70, sometimes 80, depending on the year. I turn on the heat before I leave because I don't feel like I will suffer through it for the good of my wife. I will turn on the heat for five minutes to to get it up to 65 degrees or whatever it is just to keep the house warm. One day, I accidentally forgot to turn off the heat before I left. I text my wife. I go, hey – just when before you leave, turn off the thermostat. And she goes, why do you want? And I'm, because it's going to get up to 80. Like, it, 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 like, just turn off the heat. It doesn't need to be on. She goes, but I've been told to never touch the thermostat. <laughs> I'm like, you live in your own home now. Your father and mother cannot command you to not touch the damn thermostat. You can touch ours. It's fine. Is that what? an alarm? Yeah, that's our <laughs> house alarm going off. Hang on, I call. So, <laughs> hang on, shut it off, and there we go. That's so, fine. So it, it, it was this weird revelation between my wife and I that Come she on, still has on. the mindset of that she's living. Shit, with, hold on. Yeah, hold go on. do your thing. It's always weird, right? I, I, I'm sure one of our one of you out there has experienced this, where you had a moment where you realized that you live in your own home. And you're still under the mantra of being commended or com- ruled by your parents. When you're ruled, when you're ruled by your parents in your home for what, 15, 20 years, depending on when you move out of the house and you're, you finally get in your own home. It's weird to finally say, Oh yeah, I have control of this thing that I've been told all my life. I don't have control of. So it was I'll- very funny when my wife was like, I don't want to touch the thermostat. I've been told I can never touch the thermostat and I had to reveal to her that she owns her home. Now she lives in her own house. We can touch the thermostat. I'm kind of dumbfounded by that. Why would you never want to touch a thermostat? I, I, I used to touch the thermostat all the time when I was younger, only because it's like, you know what? Someone likes it colder. Someone likes it hotter. I'll tell you a story real quick. So there was actually one time I was living when I was still living in, 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 in Maniunk. Uh, one night I had come in from the bar hammered and it was cold and my roommates were cheap and you know they listened to this and they know who they were and they're there they know so um because of them we actually had our house broken into because they didn't want to pay for central air so we all had to put those units in our oh, windows yeah and someone and then because they like to open up the window someone broke in the window one night and took my xbox took all my games all that stuff was right there that while we were so took my car keys stole my car um but anyway uh that's a story for another day what wound up happening is at one time, it was like freezing cold. This is the, this is a winter where we had like a lot of cold. I think it was 2009. We had this mm-hmm. cold winter, all that snow on the ground that came out on the, that back then. And um, I went and I uh, came in hammered from the bar one night. And I wound up, the house was freezing. Now, at one point, like a couple days earlier, we had to get a space heater and put it in our downstairs bathroom because the toilet froze. Like the toilet right. froze. Like the toilet <laughs> froze. Like it froze because they were too cheap to turn on the heat. So I said, I walked in and it's cold in the house. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm turning on the heat. Well, I was hammered. And I turned up the heat to 90 degrees. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so what might have happened was the next morning, I fell asleep on the couch, not even realizing it. 
they remember my room waking up the next morning he goes why is it so hot in here he looked at his thermostat for his heater in his room and it's at 83 degrees <laughs> he woke oh up sweating God. he came on turned heat they were furious but i, so I told him so that's what you get for turning the heat off but um I mean, from time to time, and I don't know if you heard, heard that beeping not too long ago. Um, I coughed and the the oh, alarm no, we went did. off, and I just got yelled at right now, actually, because she's like, "You didn't hear the alarm going off?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I tried to shut it off from my phone, which you can do." And yeah. she's like, "Well, what's wrong? You could have just gotten up and turned it off." Yeah, I I I know I could have gotten up and turned. We're it off. We're in the middle and, of a podcast, Jen. Yeah, I know. She's actually standing right here. I think I'm going to get in trouble for this new segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I, yeah. And she's looking at me like. And this has been like... the final episode of Orange and Black Jack. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it again after this. But no, like, you know, it it cracks me up. I don't understand why someone in their whole life, they would be told not to be able to touch a thermostat. I mean, you know, you, here's what you could do. You could get one of those automatic thermostats that we yeah. have. That I, yep. I installed like two years ago, and that worked out. Now we have it on timer where we never have to touch it. So like, it's set at a certain time during the day where it gets it stays oh, warmer, cool. and it turns off and cold, and, and vice versa. So we have that. That's so, a smart idea. Yeah, there you go. And then she really doesn't have to ever touch it. And she really never has to touch the damn thing. Exactly. Exactly. So God forbid can, when the batteries die, and I'm on at a work event. Excuse me. I'm in the middle of the show right now, honey. I know. We're, we're doing the set. We're doing our, our our segment where you know we about what you talk about how annoying your wife is. No, 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 no. I never called you annoying. I just, I just, I just funny pretty moments. much said what you said verbatim to me when with the alarm situation. It's just funny moments in being a husband. Yeah, funny moments in being a husband. That's all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, this is yeah, better I, than the Burger King receipts. I, I might, I might get grounded next week. Yeah, <laughs> I might get grounded after this. I might not be able to go anywhere the rest of the day. I might just be putting, getting put to work by with chores and all that stuff. So oh, yeah, that's that's my life for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, right. No, so, I mean, got I got a air raid and overseed. I tell you, what, I got I got a hockey game in in two hours. I got to leave in less than an hour. Um, mm-hmm. Last night I played ice because I've been playing ice lately, and I'm having, I'm getting you know better at it. I play in a rural league on Sundays with my buddies, and then on the, on the on other days on the weekends I go play ice. And I took a clapper right off the knee last night, Oof. and I got a massive bruise on my knee. So when I bend down, it hurts like hell. <laughs> so speaking of actually getting hit, my uh, I played golf with my dad yesterday, and hit one of his childhood buddies also played with us. My dad got smacked smacked with a golf ball he actually just sent me he got smacked in the bicep by it he just sent me an image and it's a giant bruise and it actually looks like a golf imprint i don't know if you'll be able to see it oh my god you can't no way that's his bicep (laughs) yeah yeah so how did that happen my dad my dad decided to go behind a tree uh, thinking he was safe behind our, our his buddy that is he's okay at golf, but he has a little bit of moments where he'll shank it, and he happened to shank it in this scenario and just smacked him right in the right in the bicep. Did did he yell or for anything oh, like yeah. that? He yelled for, but my dad still uh, and I, I'll have to bleep this out. He said, "Jesus <laughs> Christ, do you know how to yell for?" <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I love cranky old men when they play so, they do things like that. 
Yeah. So that was, that was our day. And I think that's a good spot to wrap this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, here's a funny. So I, after I got hit last night, I'm telling you, I, I have, you wear knee pads, like you wear knee yeah. pads underneath your goal pads, but it hit the one like inch spot where there's no padding. Like the guy clapped it and nailed it in that spot. And it's only like a tiny, I'm telling you, it's not even an inch worth of space there. And the guy just drilled it and nailed it there. And I remember just like rolling around. I'm screaming the F word. And a guy comes over and goes, you all right? I'm like, no, I'm not all right. I just got drilled in the knee. And the guy literally <laughs> said to me, he goes, he's like, as I'm like trying to hang up. I'm sitting there trying to like, oh, he's like, all right. I'm like, yeah, I, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. He goes, he goes, well, he goes, makes you feel any better. I got hit by a car yesterday. I was like, what? what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, the guy was just randomly like, "Yeah, I got hit by a car yesterday." I was like, "Oh, I said, I guess I don't feel as bad." Then. Yeah, <laughs> like, as you're was, still screeching in pain. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I mean, I knew. I guess he was trying to use the break the ice, but literally, like, by the time I got up and gimped off the ice, I, I couldn't believe it for a second. Like, wait, you just you just said you got hit by a car? Like, I want to know the story behind this. I wish I would have asked the guy, but. Um, I, I, I didn't wind up asking him. I should have asked him that how you got hit by a car, but I'd like to hear that story. Yeah, I feel like I that's a question there. you should ask. What the hell happened? Ask, you know what? I, I, I go, I go to the, I go and play on Friday and Saturday nights. The next time I see him, I'll ask him like, yeah, dude, like I remember I'm riding around the pace. And the only thing I can remember about getting hit in the knee is that you got hit by a car. And that's, that's I, now I'm just like dying to know like what happened. Yeah. There? Yeah. You got to figure that out. Well, yeah. that's going to do it. Episode 50. 52? Where are we at? 52. We made it one full year of episodes. One full year. 52 weeks of episodes plus some playoff specials and all that. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, Orange and Backcheck Podcast. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or uh, scenarios where you might want to get Patrick Lyonet or anybody out there that still might be on the trade market, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. For Scott Weinhardt, I'm Bill Kornfeld. We'll talk to you guys next time. Set off the alarm again. All right. right. Ready? Yep. Three. In three, two, two, one. one. (laughs) Lost them. (laughs) As soon as you clap, he goes away. What timing. (laughs) Oh, God. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. All of it. Just all of it. That again if I tried. <laughs> Literally, as soon as I clapped, I just saw a new tab, and I was like, where did that happen? I'm like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs>